Hey guys, welcome to the weekly podcast of Encounter Church, Sedalia, Missouri. It's our prayer that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your life. If you want more information about Encounter Church, please go to our website, encounterchurch.ag. Thanks again. Enjoy the message. Amen. All right. Well, we are excited. I'm excited about this morning. I can't believe it. We are a third of the way through this incredible series that I believe, um, honestly, I believe that it has the potential to radically change not only us as individuals, but it has the potential to radically change the church as a whole if, come on, look at this, if we will truly listen and apply God's word to our lives, right? But it also has the potential of making zero impact whatsoever. The choice ultimately is not mine. The choice is yours. Whether this series on the book of Romans, we're processing through the words that Paul wrote, that he penned, that the Holy Spirit poured upon his life, the book of Romans, we're looking at what it means to have a breakthrough because of the price that Christ paid for our lives. It has the potential to radically change individual lives, but corporately also, if we take the time to truly listen and apply God's word. I would challenge you, begin now to apply. We're six weeks in. We've got about 12 weeks left of this series. Through this series, we are discovering that every one of us is in need of a relationship with Jesus. We've discovered that on our own, we are doomed to fail. Yes? Have you experienced that before? Yeah, by ourselves, we, we mess up. Yet God loves us so much that he's given us a way out of this spiral of spiritual death. So today, I want to move into chapter 5. And at this point, we're going to discover uh, the many blessings that come along with a relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, God offers to you and to me today so much more than a momentary fix. Maybe you're here this morning and you remember the day, you remember the moment, you remember the place where you stood when you asked Jesus Christ into your life. Maybe you, you remember that moment of release when the, suddenly the pressure was taken off of your shoulders and you surrendered yourself to Jesus. Perhaps in that moment, tears were streaming down on your face. But I want you to know that God offers something to you this morning more than just a momentary fix or a, a one-night spiritual stand. He's the gift that keeps on giving. He is always faithful. He never fails us. He's ready and willing to give you what you need when you need it in your life. Now, I'll be honest, he doesn't always give it way early, right? But when you need it, God makes it available 
to you. So I want you to listen very carefully this morning because I believe that there's a, a blessing that God is wanting to pour into your life today. He's been ready to give it to you, but for one reason or another, you keep missing that moment. You keep missing that breakthrough moment with God. Now our text today is Romans chapter 5 verse 2. And here Paul writes this, because of your faith. Look at your neighbor this morning and say, because of your faith. Look at your other neighbor, you know your second choice, and say, do you have faith? Because see, that's the, that's the game changer right there. If there's no faith in this moment, if there's no relationship with Christ in this moment, then the rest of this text does not apply. Right? Come on, you guys are quiet. But if we give our lives to Jesus Christ, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him, will not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3, 16. God loves the world so much. Guess what? That includes you. Out of the millions of people on this planet, this floating rock, you're the one that Jesus loves. I remember when I was a youth pastor many, 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 many years ago, I had a student that, that she would always walk in and she would always say this, I'm God's favorite. You see, that's how we should see ourselves. We're God's favorites. Now, he has a lot of favorites, but we're one of them. He loves us so much that he's willing to pour out his blessing on our lives because of our faith. Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege. Come on. Come on. That shows me I'm his favorite. Because you don't give somebody undeserved favor you don't give somebody undeserved privilege if you don't like them. Right? Come on. Undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Man, this is an incredible blessing, but we're going to discover this morning that God has so much more in store for his people God has so much more in store for you today, regardless what you're facing in this moment, regardless of the barriers that you experience in life. God has a blessing that he wants to pour upon you. So I want you to take really, really good notes this morning. There's numerous opportunities to do that. The paper outlines, you can go on the YouVersion app, you can go on the church app, but take really good notes. I want to give you five blessings freely, come on, freely given by God. 
Again, the blessings are given by God. Because of your faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege. These are freely given blessings by God. Blessing number one is this. We are given peace with God. We are given peace with God. I want you to begin to think about it right now. What does peace mean to you? If I was to ask you, what is peace? How would you define that? Some of you would say, well, when everything lines up just right, when everything is going really well, when everything is, is fitting into the little design that I had laid out. You see, this last week was a great week. Man, really, here was my agenda. Get out of bed when I wanted, put on trunks, go put my feet in the sand for a couple hours, get tired of the beach, go to the pool, swim in the pool a while, eat, rinse, and repeat. But then something happened. We tried coming home. We're in the airport. We look at the schedule of all the flights, and every other flight from Southwest was delayed, but ours wasn't. It was undeserved privilege from God. It was awesome. We're excited. I'm like, I can't believe we're not the only we're the only ones that aren't delayed. It's a great day. But then our two and a half hour flight from Orlando to KC going smooth. We're through the air. Everything is great. Our flight attendants are super awesome. They're super joyful. Everybody on the flight is doing what you're supposed to. I've been listening to worship music. Everything is great. Everything is happening. We get six miles from landing, six miles from Kansas City, and we start circling. We come back, and we're almost there, and then we hear over the intercom, because of a storm over KC, we are going to move our flight and land in Tulsa because we don't have enough fuel to keep circling. But it'll just be a quick stop, fuel, and fly. No problem. We land. I'm going to give you the Reader's Digest version here. We land in Tulsa. We fuel up. We go back to the, the strip, getting ready to fly off again. We stop. The storm hasn't moved from Kansas City. We're going back, and we're going to sit in plane for a while and wait. Long story short, that pilot timed out. We get off the plane. We sit there for a couple hours. We're told work. No one's coming. He can't come because of some ruling. Then another one, five hours later, is going to show up. He comes in. We get back on the plane. We sit on the plane for four hours. It's now 2, two o'clock in the morning. Mind you, this started at 4. No. I don't even remember. This started at noon okay so ended up being a two and a half hour flight took 24 hours peace was gone at least circumstantial peace at least peace the way we understood it was gone we could have just exploded and said this is chaotic if we would have just had a delay, we would have been okay. If we would have just had this, it would have been okay. But 24 hours later, we end up arriving in Kansas City. And by the way, we didn't fly in. Our flight was canceled at 2 o'clock. At 3 o'clock, we got on a charter bus and rode a charter bus from Tulsa. How do you describe 
peace? What does peace look like for you? Because here in verse 1 of of chapter 5, Paul right out of the gate says, Therefore, since we have been made right with God in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Christ Jesus our Lord has done for us. He starts this sentence, this scripture, with the word therefore. Why does he say therefore? Let me give you a little nugget of information. As you are reading God's word, anytime you see the word therefore, you need to pause for a moment and discover what it's there for. Why, why does the author use the word therefore? That means something happened earlier on that brings you to this place, to brings you to the blessing or the result. And here Paul says, therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, Paul is summarizing the previous four chapters In light of everything he said about how man is sinful and how man can't do it on its own and how God saved us not because we deserve it or earn it or work hard enough for it, but simply because of our faith in God's grace and the price that Jesus paid on the cross, therefore, what? There's a blessing waiting for us. There's a blessing that's, that, that, that's there for us to personalize and to instill upon our lives. And the first blessing that I see is peace with God. There are a couple of aspects of this word peace we've got to understand. First off, it's God's peace. It's not worldly peace or circumstantial peace. Again, many of us would have defined peace as no chaos in life. Everything going smooth. Two and a half hour flight was a two hours and 15 minute flight, not 24 hour flight. But what we got to understand is the peace that, that God is guaranteeing here or offering here is a peace that that comes from him. And Philippians chapter 4 verse 7 says that this particular peace, the peace that we have because of the price that Jesus paid, is a peace that is beyond our personal comprehension. It's not something that we can understand. The Bible says that, that our ways aren't God's ways and his thoughts are beyond our thoughts. And here the situation, this peace that he gives us, we can't wrap ourselves around it because it's a God. God-ordained peace. It's a peace that Paul goes on in the book of Philippians to say it will guard your heart and your mind as you live in Christ. Come on. As you live in Christ. Sometimes Sometimes we're like, God, why am I not experiencing your peace? God, why am I not walking in your peace? Because we've opted to walk outside of Christ. Oh, but I go to church every week. What are you doing Monday through Saturday? Or do we need to get more personal? What are you doing Sunday afternoon through Saturday? Do we check it as we walk out the door? Well, I'll pick that life back up when I come back in next week. That's not what he's asking for here. What we're looking at is a relationship 
with Jesus Christ. This peace with God is available to us as we walk in step with the Spirit, as we allow the Spirit to lead our lives. He's talking about a, a commitment, a lifestyle with Him. So what does it mean to have peace with God? If it's not worldly peace, if it's not circumstantial peace, what is peace with God? That's what Paul's discussing here. He said you can have this unexplainable peace as a result of a commitment to God. But what does that look like? It means there's no more battle between you and God. The struggle between you and God is over. The war is over. Peace has been issued. A true friendship has been set in motion. Look at this. This um, Faith brings us to this place of relationship, and, and relationship brings us to a place of restoration, and that brings about the blessing of God, right? Okay, look at this. You don't believe it. Five, uh, Romans 5, 10, and 11. For since our friendship with God was restored, how's our friendship with God restored? We surrender ourselves to Jesus, and suddenly we're not seen because of our failures. We're seen through the price that Jesus Christ paid on the cross. Suddenly, we're put back in right standing with the Father, right? For since we have a friendship with God, it was restored by the death of His Son while we were still His enemies. We will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God. Why? Because of our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends with God. Come on. If you need peace in your life today, it's time to stop playing the field. It's time to stop playing games. It's time to stop checking your religious activity at the door and exchange it for a relationship, a daily relationship with the Father, to walk in step with Him, to trust in Him, to allow Him to lead us. Why? Because He's our friend. He will never fail us. As long as you continue down the road of opposition, you will never find real peace with God. How do I know that? Because the Bible says in Isaiah 48, 22, there is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. Pastor, you calling me wicked? If you're not walking in step with Christ, a duck's a duck. If it waddles, it quacks, guess what? You see, it's one or the other. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. It's either relationship with Christ or it's not. Your choice. Peace. No peace. Trust. Limited trust or no trust. There's no gray area here in the middle. Because of your faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, you've been placed in right standing with the Father. You're receiving undeserved favor or privilege with God. Number one, we're given peace. Number two, we're given access 
to God. Oh, this one's good. Verse 2, through him, through Christ, we have also obtained access by faith into the grace in which we stand. Now this word access, we got to understand, it's brought about by two Greek words. The first word means to bring, and the second word means forward. So in other words, it's to bring forward. It was used if one person was brought by another person into the presence of a third person. Okay, so are you trekking with me here? It's us being brought in because of Christ into the presence of the Father. Now, here we are. Let's go back. When Paul wrote this, did they understand it? Absolutely. The Romans understood this because they would have used this um, in, in phraseology or in, in talking about someone coming before um, Caesar's palace. You wouldn't just have an impromptu meeting with Caesar. You wouldn't get up and go, you know what? I want to go talk to Caesar today. That's what I call him, Caesar. Um, you wouldn't just show up. In fact, many of the Romans probably never had a one-on-one meeting with Caesar. Why? They didn't have access to him. Now, the Jews understood this very well because in the Old Testament, um, the Jews didn't have access to God either. There was a temple, and the temple had a, a wall around it, and it prevented them from coming in. The only one that could go into the Holy of Holies where the presence of God was would have been the high priest. Gentiles, which we are, if you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile, Gentiles certainly would not have gone into the temple. They had zero access to God. There was a veil that separated God from man, but something happened in in Luke chapter 23. Some of you know what's happening here. We read that when Jesus was crucified on the cross, that he brought about a breakthrough for us. Look at this, Luke chapter 23. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. For the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out in a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. When he said this, he breathed his last. You see, when Jesus died on the cross and that veil was torn, it was torn from top to bottom, there was a breakthrough set in motion for you and for me. Now, are you ready for this? We have access to the Father. Listen carefully. You don't need a priest. You don't need another individual. You don't need anybody else to be your go-between. We have access 24 hours, seven days a week, access to God Almighty. You have been granted access. He's available to you. Blessing number three. We are given confidence and joy in life. We are having given confidence and joy in life. Verse 2. We confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We look forward to what's coming. We're not talking about wishful thinking. 
Well, I hope it works out. I hope we get a flight. I hope we get on a bus. I hope we get this. I hope we get food. Come on, somebody. But it's confidence. It's assurance. It's knowing without a doubt. You see, the peace with God that we talked about in point one, it takes care of the disconnect of the past. The access to God that we talked about in point two, it takes care of the present connection with God. But here in point three, this blessing of confidence, this blessing of joy, it takes care of our future. Amen. There's coming a day. There's coming a time. There's coming a moment when we will no longer be on this earth. We will no longer um, be in this physical body any longer, but we'll be present in the presence of God Almighty for all eternity. We're given that blessing. We're given that assurance with God. There's coming a day. This brings us to the word faith. We've talked about it several times in the series, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is what? It's confidence in what we hope for. It's assurance about what we cannot see. We are blessed with a confidence and assurance in Christ, knowing full well the future that we have in Him. It's, it's not up in the air but one that is settled in the hands of God and God alone. No matter what's going on, no matter what's happening in your life, no matter what the trials are that you're facing, no matter what the difficulties are that you're experiencing, no matter what you're going through, we know the outcome. We know the final score. And if you don't, I want to encourage you, Pick up your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, come talk to me. I'll give you a Bible. We know how the story ends. There's coming a day when we will stand with God Almighty forever. He's preparing a place for us. Jesus said, I'm preparing a place that where I am, you will be also. Blessing number four. Our problems become opportunities. Our problems become opportunities. Let me say it before you blurt it out. Now, Pastor, that doesn't make a little lick of sense. Some of you were thinking that. Some of you are thinking, well, pastor, how in the world can my problems become opportunities? My problems are just headaches. My problems are just that, problems. But Paul says there's an opportunity here for you to make a shift. In other words, you get to choose what it looks like on the other side. Now, I'm not saying that it's going to be easy. I'm not saying that you get to choose to sidestep the problem. Why? Because life is full of problems. Jesus said in John 16, in this world you will have troubles, you will have trials, you'll have tribulations, you'll have difficulties. The question is, 
what are we going to do with those? Are we going to learn something from them? Are we going to take the moment to say, Lord, in and through this difficult moment, God, what are you wanting to teach me? Because I believe that God uses those moments to teach us something. As we were sitting on the plane for the 17th time, Thursday night, Friday morning, I'm watching the response of people on the plane. Some people were kind of joking it off and having fun with it. Others found vocabulary that shouldn't be said anywhere. And all sorts of things were going on. And I realized that, that in those moments, we just put it in the hands of God. I got a great, I got a great sermon illustration, God, thanks. We've got to learn to trust in Him to rely upon him. What are you going to learn from that problem in life? Look what, look what Romans chapter 5, verse 3 and 4 says. We can rejoice. You see, Paul took it one step further than I did. I said your problem can become an opportunity. Paul says, no, 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 no. You can rejoice in that. You can rejoice too when you run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. It's a giant circle. It's bringing us back to that place of relationship with Jesus Christ. All of this brings us back to, Lord, I remember what you've done for me. God, I remember the price that you paid for your favorites. What are you going to learn in and through that struggle? Because truth be told, you're going to have problems in life. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to have problems. You're going to have problems in life. Wouldn't you rather benefit from that problem? Wouldn't you rather learn something from the, if you're going to experience it anyway, if you're going to go through it anyway, wouldn't you rather come out on the other side stronger, more confident, with greater assurance because of the hope of salvation? Wouldn't you rather learn from that struggle? Absolutely. Now, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Paul says it this way, Be thankful... In all circumstances. Is Paul talking about only the good times? No, all. There's not a little asterisk afterwards and see the notes at the bottom. No, 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 no. In all circumstances. That means all inclusive. The good times, the bad times, the, the mountain time experience, the valley experiences. In all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Now, two things I want to point out. First off, he says, be thankful in all circumstances, not because of all circumstances. Huge difference here. Huge mindset shift here. If we're thankful for or thankful because of the struggles in life, then we'll find ourselves becoming a martyr in our mind. A sadistic mindset. And that's not what God has for you. He wants you to be thankful in the circumstance, good or bad, so that you can learn from it 
and allow your life to grow through it. Come on, look at this. We're not rejoicing for the suffering, but for the result it can produce if we respond correctly. We're not rejoicing for the suffering that we go through, but for the result it can produce if we respond correctly. The second thing that I see in this scripture is before Paul says be thankful in all circumstances, if you go back one verse, and by the way, it's so important that when you're reading God's word that you grab a hold of context, okay? You can make anything mean anything you want it to read by taking it out of context. The scripture, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, we apply that to everything. But it really shouldn't be applied to everything. I can't fly because of the strength God gives me. If so, I wouldn't have sat in the airport Thursday night. I'd been like, come on, folks. Now we got to look at the context. And right before Paul says, be thankful in all circumstances, in verse 17, he says, never stop praying. Never stop praying. This is the key that unlocks the opportunity or the ability to be thankful in all circumstances. It's the key to allowing the struggle to become an opportunity. It allows that struggle to be a blessing that brings about a, a mold in our character, that brings about a confidence and assurance. It brings about a faith because of what Christ has already done in our lives. What's our fifth blessing? We are giving God's love through the Holy Spirit. We are giving God's love through the Holy Spirit. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us who? The Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. As we walk in the spirits, as we allow the spirit to lead us. The problem is, if we're honest, too often we place our hope, we place our confidence in so many things that disappoints. Yeah? Any, anybody else? We lay it all out here and say, well, it's going to be okay because I'm trusting in this and, and that soon lets us down. But truth be told, God will never disappoint you. He loves you. He's concerned about every detail of your life. He's ready to give you what you need when you need it so you can move forward in your walk with Him. Now, in a conversation that Jesus was having with the disciples, He made this statement, and I will ask the Father, Jesus will ask the Father, God, and God will give you another advocate, a, a paraclete, if you would, who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it, doesn't, it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. 
Now this word advocate that Jesus uses here can also be translated comforter, encourager, counselor. And I wonder, do you ever need one of those? Anybody in the house ever need an encourager? Anybody ever need a comforter? Anyone ever need a counselor? The Holy Spirit is there for you. That's what God is pouring into our lives because He loves us. Truth be told, we weren't created to live off of two-thirds of God. Yet many Christians try that. Well, I'm in right standing with the Father because of the price that Jesus Christ paid, and that's all I need. No, 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 no. You need the Holy Spirit. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. You need the Holy Spirit to go to Walmart. And I've discovered you need the Holy Spirit to go to the airport. We need all of God. I want to challenge you. Seek after the Holy Spirit. Read the book of Acts. Look what the Holy Spirit did in the early church. We had Peter who couldn't even stand up against a teenage girl, denying that he even knew who Jesus was to a teenage girl. And yet, after receiving the Holy Spirit, the Bible says he addressed the crowd and 3,000 people came to know Christ. The Holy Spirit wants to pour into your life today. I want to challenge you, reach out and grab a hold of the blessings that God has for you today. For some of you, this is going to require a breakthrough from the junk that you've been holding on to, the barriers that you have around you. But I believe that God is here for you today. And I honestly believe that now is your time for a breakthrough. Would you bow your heads and pray with me today?